0: Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast, a podcast where we help you take your ideas from a dream to reality. Each episode will cover topics to help you overcome frustrations we all encounter in our maker community. I'm Trevor Wanamaker, a part-time maker running makerexperiment.com and Martina Miller, who's a full-time maker running Naughty by Nature Designs. We've all encountered bumps and pitfalls along the road we call making, and we are using this podcast to help you avoid the same pitfalls. Welcome to the Maker Vision Podcast for episode 48, where we're going to talk about websites. And it's version 3.0 now, Martina?
1: Maker Vision 3.0?
0: Yeah. I think it's 3.0.
1: Who doesn't change a podcast three times in less than a year?
0: It's a good question. Yeah. (laughs) So, for those of you that don't know, Steven has decided to leave the podcast. We're all on good terms, so no worries there. But anybody that didn't hear it in the last episode, that is why Steven will not be on. So, we're going to try to bring on more guests and do more topics and keep it going.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about saw stop and pocket holes a little bit more now that he's gone too.
0: And anything but hand tools, probably. Well, <laughs> you might talk about hand tools, but I don't use them. So,
1: <laughs> anything that requires electricity, we're going to have more conversations about that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Steven, we know you're listening. We know you're laughing right now.
0: It's all in good fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're going to have the Maker Vision Saw Stop now. That's all Yeah, all Saw Stop. And we're going to just put stickers all over it.
1: One hour every week talking about different benefits of having a Saw Stop.
0: Yes. That sounds perfectly legitimate to me.
1: And we still won't get sponsored. Do you want to be? No. I mean, if <laughs> I get a free Saw Stop, absolutely. But... <laughs>
0: Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs>
1: You can upgrade yours, too.
0: Mm, that's true. There we go. But as part of 3.0, I think we're going to switch it up. And instead of what we've been watching, what we've been working on. Yep. So what have you been working on?
1: I have been working on the beast of an entertainment center. I got the majority of the base done, which is 10 and a half feet long in itself. And then soon I'll pu- build the top shelves that are going to drop into it. And it will make that section of unit eight feet tall so i've already decided i'm getting a u-haul for delivery on this one because the last big beast like this i decided to like assemble on site and then four hours later i was done so i'm not doing that again
0: that is massive yeah can you fit it through their door
1: it's it's only 18 inches deep so okay and then luckily, it's pretty much a straight shot from their front door to their living room area where it's gonna go so I'll take the console base in once like solidly push that through the door and then drop the shelves in and attach them so that way it's easier to get it in
0: that's still big yeah,
1: I told you I don't want to build anything like over four feet anymore you have to whole shop i this is why I can't work on anything more than one thing at a time because I'm building these big pieces and then having my big assembly table and then plus having big standalone tools. I can't do anything else. Like it's not like I can fold up my CNC and put it away if I'm not using it.
0: Have you seen the people that have the wall shelf that kind of folds down and their CNC's on it. That's a shape code?
1: Yeah, I don't trust my flip top capabilities enough. I mean, if you're that's some trust in yourself. Like I know I'm building solid furniture, but I'm not flipping it upside down and hoping that everything stays intact when I do it.
0: Well, this wasn't the upside down. It was, like, against the wall vertically. I haven't seen that then. I've just seen the flip over tops. You've seen those tables that are flat against the wall, and then mm-hmm. they pull them down and the legs come out, Yeah, and then it becomes a flat surface. They did that with a shape oko or x-carve, and they, like, bolted the x carve shape oko to that surface. Mm-hmm and then when you fold it down it's basically like the cnc table but then you can fold it up against the wall i don't know how much chop space it actually saves
1: not to burn shapeoko but it's not like that whole system stays very square to begin with so i don't know that i would be moving it up and down all the time and hoping for
0: excellent results that's kind of what i questioned when i saw it it was the squareness and whether it stayed square yeah (laughs) but i don't know
1: maybe it stays more square because it's bolted in and doesn't have the chance to shift
0: i don't know if you've done that let us know yeah because i i haven't actually known anybody to do it i've just seen the pictures of people that have done it
1: i've just i think like meadows woodshop or something like that he has a flip top table so he has his cnc and you could flip it over and then you have a solid work surface
0: i have that for my planer and my sander but even that, because of the weight, because mm-hmm. the planers, the DeWalt one that weighs like 100 pounds, the walls are so far apart just for that, that the walls can start to shift on you. Right. And unless you put like angled brackets or something in it to help support it a little bit better, which I just haven't done yet, I can imagine the same thing happening with a CNC one because it's 40 inches wide. Yeah. So you're talking almost four feet wide, and you're flipping it. I don't know that I would do it either. I'm all about space savings.
1: Right. I don't know that that one is worth it to me. There's other stuff I could do flip tops and whatnot for.
0: What I would be a fan of is the ones that have the pulley system, where they have your assembly table Mm -hmm. that's four by eight or whatever. And then you have, it's kind of like a bike rack looking thing. Yeah. Where you link it up to your CNC and you raise it up to the ceiling when you're not using it. That'd be sick. And then when you want to use it, you just lower it down to the assembly table and let it run on the assembly table.
1: That'd be awesome. Think about that one. I'd probably still hit my head on it, though. Well, yeah. I have a very low ceiling in my garage.
0: Is it eight feet or is it lower?
1: It's... Eight feet, but then I have all my like the uh, garage door openers are hanging down and then the rails for the garage door tracks. So then that makes it like six feet in some areas. And then the shop lights, that makes it seven feet in some areas. So to stand up a full sheet of plywood and try to move it across the garage is near impossible. I hit something. Sounds like mine. It has a storage system above it. And then if I took that out, I'd probably have like 14-foot ceilings in the shop, so that would be worth it. And, but right now, since it's not insulated, it's like a nice little barrier to try and protect against some heat.
0: Yeah, mine runs straight to the trusses, basically. Because they're 8-foot ceilings, but then it's immediately a truss. So even putting some kind of storage system is difficult.
1: So what are you making?
0: I am making a few things that are all mostly personal stuff.
1: There's nothing wrong with that.
0: Finally, engraving the dwarf fronts to my cabinet with my logo, which is going to be filled with epoxy. There's another thing Steven would have hated.
1: I was going to say we could say epoxy now <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Steven.
0: The other thing is the shop stool that I've been trying to finish forever. But I do need to get a chamfer bit for that because I don't want to have a sharp edge when I go to sit down.
1: Why don't you do a roundover? I might. Because you don't have that bit, either,
0: I'll have to check. I don't remember if I have that one or not. I think I have a roundover, but I think it's the wrong direction. Mm. and then I made magnets for wall control, which was part of a trade.
1: I know shop upgrade coming soon, that's cool,
0: yes, so and office upgrade that's the hope. so I have as soon as I walk into my uh I'll call it an office. <laughs> my extra bedroom.
1: Your Lego room?
0: Yes. The As soon as I walk in the door, there's like a wall straight ahead. And I think there's enough clearance between the door and that wall that I can put wall control there. Or directly to my right, there's a spot I could put it. But the whole intent for the wall control in the office is to put like the scale and the vinyl cutter... And some of the smaller stuff that I use, but I have it littering my desk and the floor right now, and try to get it up all off the floor. That's the intent. That'd be nice. There are six panels coming with accessories, and it's supposed to come in matte black. That's pretty slick. Yeah. I was like, when I did it, because I wanted to buy it anyway, and when I asked them if matte black had been released yet, they said, well... You know, maybe we can hook you up with a discount code if you'd be willing to market it. Like, I don't really want to market it because it's not really part of my brand. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really fit in my brand because I'm not, I don't woodwork a ton. So for me, it's more of like a storage and organization thing. And not so much just like trying to organize my tools. And I don't really want to have to push it as far as... Like marketing ads and because you have to prove your ROI, right? Right. So doing magnets for them is like an instant ROI because they get something with their brand on it, and then I traded it for wall control. So there are ways around, and we can talk about this in a separate episode. But there are ways around the whole sponsorship thing and getting stuff you need without having to pay like retail.
1: Yeah, I think learning from our conversations this week, I think that would be a good topic. I think other people are doing what you do, but locally, not corporately.
0: Yeah, most of it was trading for haircuts or beer.
1: You know who you are. Yes, you do. Yeah.
0: <laughs> hey, I've traded work for beer before.
1: There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, aren't we going to be at Able, Able Baker in like a month? So
0: As long as they're open. That's hope. They had a delay. They're supposed to open in July. I just don't know when. Hopefully. We'll find somewhere to hang up. But on to the topic, websites.
1: Websites continued. Well, not that the web call has been posted yet on YouTube, but we'll kind of continue on the conversation that we had from this past week's workshop web call.
0: Yes. So the whole point is to make you aware of a few things that you may not have thought about. But I think we would encourage everybody that has a brand or is doing this to have a website or a landing page of some sort. I think you'd agree with that. I do. I have mine, you have yours, and we'll get we'll talk about which one we're using in a few minutes. But the first thing we wanna stress is, even if you don't have it, or don't have a website yet, we would encourage you to buy the domain that you would want, or domains that you would want.
1: Yeah, because you may decide that you wanna change your brand name Or have a variation of it for the website so you can purchase the similarities of it now and a domain name is five to ten bucks for a year to two years depending on who you're buying it through so it's not going to break the bank if you pick up a couple
0: yeah it's basically like paying one month to netflix for a year
1: Mm -hmm. just don't get two starbucks coffees for that month and you're fine it's a good way to look at it
0: sometimes it's one
1: (laughs) with all those extra (laughs) shots and everything
0: but the So the domain is all about reserving your name because as you're building your brand on Instagram, if you don't reserve your domain now, you may have somebody that sees it as an opportunity to make money off of you and they'll buy your domain before you and then try to sell it to you, which is, it happens. People have done it. But the i think the most notable one that i ever heard of was like the Dallas Mavericks like they let their website domain lapse and then somebody scooped it up and then sold it back to the Dallas Mavericks
1: i kind of like it i'm not going to lie because it's such a big industry like a big brand name so for you to have your whole marketing department drop the ball on that that's funny
0: it, that one was funny but i would be if if you're the person in charge of that you have to imagine that you were fired
1: you're done you're done i mean for us like that's just kind of crappy because we're we're like little ants in like this whole world of business industry and everything so someone like that that has a team of probably hundreds to market and brand what are you guys doing with your life not the job yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) but they so you know you have the domain and it could be so yours is kbn designs right so you could reserve kbn.com you could reserve kbndesigns.com or some variations but i would reserve whatever you feel you're going to need plus whatever is close enough that you think people would try to redirect site or traffic to their site based on you right like if you had starbucks right so starbucks.com now, this is probably ridiculous, but if somebody accidentally hit Starbucks with a Z at the end because the keys are right next to each other, you have to imagine somebody has bought that domain hoping that that will happen, which is what people do, because I've seen all kinds of people. This happened with, I think, Skull Candy. They spelled skull Candy with a different letter, thinking that people would actually spell skull the, like the actual way it's spelled. Mm-hmm. And it redirects you to a site that looks like the Skull Candy website to a point, and then it wants you to enter your email to receive offers, and then it's like instantly spam. Oh man, things like that. And the only reason I know that is because one of my family members did it. <laughs> <laughs> but the links that people go to to trick you into giving them money or whatever are ridiculous. So it's very likely that somebody probably has Starbucks with dot Z.com. I wouldn't put it past him. I'm not going to type it in because I don't want to know what pops up. But <laughs> I would encourage you to reserve not only the domain you want to use, but any domain that's pretty close. Right. Which for us may not be a big deal.
1: I say do the same thing with... All your platforms, once you start settling on a name too, even if you're not really marketing or branding yet, but you know, this is what I really want. This is what I'm going to work towards. Secure your YouTube, secure your Instagram, secure your Facebook, all those platforms because I'm screwed on Instagram now that I changed my name and KBN Designs is taken. And the unfortunate part is they haven't posted in like three years and they have one post under that name.
0: So YouTube, you have to have at least 100 followers or subscribers before it'll let you actually give yourself a channel name. If you if you start a YouTube and you don't have enough subscribers, you cannot do like youtube.com/kbn designs. Ah, uh, got it, got it. Cuz you'll get an email when you hit 100 subscribers that says, "Congratulations, you can put a unique name on your channel now."
1: Oh, no wonder why you were so excited the other day. The other day. Didn't you say you just hit 100 on YouTube?
0: Oh, no. I'm at, I'm at 300. I'm high class. Oh, excuse me. I'm high roller. <laughs> You're big time. <laughs> yeah, I'm big time now.
1: You're too big for this podcast. Yep. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> it's going to be Maker Vision 4.0 before you know it. Yep. I'm
0: just Martita. The... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Talking about saw stops for an hour.
0: Yep. The YouTube thing, I didn't actually know until it happened that you can reserve your name at 100.
1: I didn't know that either, but I'm, yeah. I only have, I started... Just the Maker Vision podcast
0: one, so who knows? So we have two, three, me, you, Brent.
1: <laughs> hey, we got like 20 views on our last workshop audio.
0: Nice. I will tell you that doing any release of a video on YouTube is super discouraging because you release it and it'll be like, you spent eight hours editing this video. Five people have watched it. <laughs> it's good practice. The one that has done the best is... The how to engrave a mug. I could see that. I think it's at like two thousand views.
1: Probably because it's so specific to something with a laser.
0: Yeah, I think that's why. But now back to the topic. So the whole domain thing, buy your domain, and I agree with you. Try to get it on all your social platforms that you're actually using.
1: Where to buy donate domain names? GoDaddy. What was the Google one?
0: I think it's just Google.
1: I thought Chris said it was something specific. It is. Yeah. Google domains or something.
0: Google. Google Domains, and you'll find it. Okay, perfect. There's also Namecheap. There's NameSilo, which I'm using. There's some that provide it with the website. So like Squarespace, if you are signed up for the service, you can get a domain for free. The one thing that I would encourage you not to do is don't get it through the domain or the website host provider. Because if you want to switch your website from... One host to another. If your domain was free because you were on their service, I think you lose your domain unless you pay to transfer it in some way. Make sure you read everything before you do it. Got it. I did Name Silo because it was one of the cheapest, but it also included the Whois security. And that was included, I think, as part of that.
1: Do you want to talk a little bit about the security feature?
0: Yeah, so the Whois is. basically a way to register a domain and have it under your ownership but it doesn't publish who owns it to anybody like it doesn't give out your address or your name or any of that
1: yeah i think it's called something different through godaddy who's my host for my website but i pay for that that way the physical address that's attached to the website is through godaddy and not my personal address so that way You can kind of keep the creeps away. But you have follow FCC law and everything, but you don't have to give away your personal security.
0: Yes. So sometimes you'll see or you'll Google who owns this domain. Like when you find out that yours is taken or something, you can Google it and see if somebody owns it. And then if somebody owns it, who owns it? And if they have the security, then it won't publish any of that detail. It'll just say when it renewed and when it expires. And that's about it. So... Food for thought. I just did Name Silo because it was like, they had some deal where it was like $8 for the year. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, it's not too bad. So on to hosting. So there's a bunch of different hosts too. Yep. So there's the website builders, so Squarespace, GoDaddy, Wix, Weebly, uh, Shopify, WordPress, which WordPress isn't the actual host. It's usually hosted through somebody else like Bluehost or Hostgator and when you host it with one of those two your website is all built on the WordPress platform but Hostgator or Bluehost will actually like have their servers hosting the website so it's a little slightly more involved whereas Squarespace like you log in and that's it Bluehost is like you log in and then once you log in it redirects you to WordPress and then you go to WordPress and then you can edit your site so it's slightly different. But depending, and we'll talk about which ones are good for what, at least in our experience, in a few minutes, but you want to know what you want your website to be before you choose one, in my mind.
1: Yeah. So if you're using it for e-commerce, if you're using it for a blog, if you're using it for a portfolio, that's all different things to consider. And then you can go to each of those servers and figure out what they have to offer for you for those things.
0: And you can straight up Google what's the best website provider for, I don't know, a blog. And you'll get 15 different articles with 15 different rankings. But it at least gives you kind of like a top three or four to look at. And then you can start to narrow it down from there. Because that's kind of what I did when I built mine is just Google which ones would be good. And then that instantly narrowed it down and then went from there. So as far as the web hosting and who you go with. So... For hours, the podcast is run on Squarespace. I don't know that I had a particular reason why, other than it let you embed the audio player into the website, Mm -hmm. and it was fairly easy to do so. So when people go to the website and they want to listen to it, it's all right there. Like, you can do that with other builders, Mm -hmm. but I think also at the time of Squarespace, I got some discount that made it cheaper than other ones and i wanted it to be easy for other people to edit like you and steven
1: and you have a little bit more creative freedom with uh square square for the design yeah and the look and feel of your website versus my my carrier which is GoDaddy.
0: yeah and it wouldn't make sense to have a shopify because you're not selling a whole lot mm-hmm And Squarespace, you can sell some things, but the main reason I chose it was you could log in and it was fairly easy for you to figure out how to edit it. I think WordPress would have been a little more difficult. And I think Squarespace, Wix, and Weebly probably all would have been about the same. But I had had a coupon code for Squarespace, (laughs) so that's why it's on Squarespace. It's a mystery solved on that one. What's yours? Oh, you already said GoDaddy. <laughs> I
1: d- yeah, I do. Yeah. GoDaddy. I think it's a little cheaper than Squarespace per month, but it's really user-friendly. And when you're laying out your... like, Because they have prefab templates that you can choose from that changes the overall font of your website, the overall colors. And it's because I don't need mine to be fancy. I need mine to just look reputable. I was trying to explain this on the web call the other day that it's pretty much my website is for anyone that's over 50 years old. They don't want to go to social media to find a business. They want to search, you know, interior design, Fresno, California, and find my website. They're not going to go search Facebook, Instagram, whatever to find me. So to have that landing zone for a certain age group is worth the 17 bucks a month, 15 bucks a month, whatever I'm paying for GoDaddy.
0: Well, it's all about knowing your target market.
1: Yep. That was sh- straight from the horse's mouth. That was people in that age group telling me directly when they asked, Where can I find you? And I said, Social media, oh, no, I'm not, no, nope. don't want to do business with you type thing. If you have a website, it's different.
0: Plus, if you try to work with local businesses or local companies, the first thing they're going to do is Google you. Mm-hmm. So having a website pop up isn't going to hurt
1: yeah I mean mine's really nothing fancy it has photos of room designs that I've done photos of things that I've built and eventually I'll throw a blog on there when you're not such a harasser of me doing podcast stuff
0: so never but
1: (laughs) but eventually I'll do a blog I kind of just don't know what I want my blog to be about really so I haven't started it and then I have it for appointment booking so This year, I decided I didn't want to hand out work for free anymore. So if you want me to go either do a design consult with you, go measure your space for a custom piece of furniture, you can click on there, book an appointment, and pay me for my time to go out there. So I get paid up front before I even go out there. And that way, if someone decides to build with me, that price just gets thrown into their overall fee. Or if they decide not to, I at least got paid for the time that I was out there.
0: That's the way to do it. I don't blame you at all. I would have done that probably shortly after starting.
1: <laughs> well, it's not like my first year it was, man, I'm so jam packed and I'm losing all this money. It's just as the business progressed, it was what do I do to make it more reputable? How do I make more money? What should I be doing to protect myself? That kind of stuff.
0: That makes sense. So my my maker experiment website is built on wordpress and that was because i traded work for someone to build it and that's what they chose and it's it does have its good sides because it's open source you can basically do whatever you want but because it's open source you also have to have more knowledge about all that stuff which i don't have i have enough to figure it out but i don't have enough to be fast at it and be able to keep everything up and running all the time like I just don't have the time you basically need like a website department if you have that in my opinion because I just don't know enough
1: oh we can talk about that too because I looked into that a while back for pricing and everything WordPress uh having someone do the website for
0: you and manage it ah okay I got you recently I finished an e-commerce site and I chose to go with Shopify and it's like 30 bucks a month for the cheapest plan. But the reason I chose Shopify was it was kind of a easy website builder because it's kind of like the Squarespace style and Wix style and all that. So it's got some drag and drop. It's easy to make products. It's easy to do variations. And it was easy to automatically figure out the taxes when it came to sales tax. That's why I chose it. You could use like WooCommerce or Big Cartel or some other ones. But I also had friends that had Shopify that said it was easy to use and it did what they needed and that's kind of why I went with it. So I'm going to try it for a year and see how it goes and decide after that year if I stay with them or switch. So I have the two different ones right now and eventually I'll probably phase out the WordPress one when it comes time to renew all those hosting fees and let it roll over to the other one. Makes sense. But as far as... I guess, recommendations on what you'd want to use depending on your usage. So if you're e-commerce, I use Shopify. I think it was Chris that said he uses Big Cartel.
1: Yeah, Elevated Grain.
0: And then a couple people have used Squarespace or what was the other one? It was Squarespace and Wix, I think.
1: I think Josh was saying they use Weebly for their e-commerce too.
0: Yeah, that might have been it, too. So they all do it. It just depends on what you want to use. But, I mean, do your own research and see what fits you best. For a portfolio, I'd say the same, like Squarespace, Wix, Weebly.
1: Yeah, GoDaddy's fine, too. It's pretty easy to navigate to find your portfolio, and you could break it down into different tabs of what type of work. I know yours is like that for signs, for keychains, for, you know, you have your different categories, and mine is... Not as many, because I didn't want it to be as overwhelming, but that way they can find something more specific quicker.
0: Yeah. I think no matter which one you chose, you can put a portfolio on it. It's just a matter of whether it was based on building a portfolio. Like, Squarespace is kind of like, in my mind, built for artists mm-hmm. or designers. So it's it kind of had that portfolio thing in mind with all their themes, and then as far as a blog goes, any of them will do a blog. Your cheapest option is probably WordPress, honestly. But it comes with the upkeep and figuring out how to do it all. Which, I mean, they all have a learning curve, but in my experience, WordPress has the biggest learning curve. I could see that for
1: sure. It'll take you a couple hours to figure out GoDaddy, a couple days for Squarespace, and it sounds like a couple weeks for WordPress.
0: But yeah, most of that was like, how do I actually do any of this? And then... Not to mention you have to figure out how to add SSL security and you have to figure out how to add. So SSL security is something we'll talk about, but that's something you're going to need.
1: Mine's included.
0: Mine was included on Shopify. I would say whatever, do your research, whatever you feel comfortable with, go with that one, try it for a year and see if you want to continue using it.
1: You can even try. A lot of these website hosts have a free month trial for you to figure out Mm -hmm. if you like how to design through it. And so take try them all out for that free month and see what you like the most and make your decision through that
0: yeah i think most of them have like a 30 day or i think shopify was 15. they give it they give you a long enough trial to see the features and how to navigate it but they also don't give you ones that's so long that it lets you procrastinate and not launch it (laughs) i mean sign up for a few go around them see what you like do it based on that right so We already talked about what we used, but I would say that most people we talked to, there wasn't a consensus at all. We all kind of used different ones. Right. I mean, I use Shopify and WordPress. Somebody else used Weebly. You use GoDaddy. Somebody else used Big Cartel. (laughs) Somebody else used Wix. Even among us, we're all using different things. And you'll see people like bigger names that use Squarespace and then they have an affiliate deal. Or somebody will use WordPress. I think it just depends on how hands-on you want to be, in all honesty.
1: Yeah, I don't want to be that hands-on with mine. I don't want to have to put that much thought or effort into it. I would agree. You put a lot of thought and effort into yours.
0: <laughs> so when I started, I was like, oh yeah, if I go with WordPress, it'll be super customizable. And then I get into building it, and I'm like, I don't know that I want this because it's super customizable. It's almost too much. Because you like you know what you want to do but you don't know quite enough about how to do it and you need to learn all the other stuff that goes around it like the security and the hosting and all that crap so it's good to know but it was not an easy road to figure out
1: right so when I started when you put your Phone number out there for, like, as a business phone number, you start getting all these, you know, run ads through us, all this stuff. So I had someone reach out to me for website hosting, and I looked into that for a little bit, and that was, for them to host it for me, I want to say about 150 bucks a month. Right, so just us talking about prices, so... Like the most basic package I think for GoDaddy is ten bucks a month. If you pay it for a year, you get a discount, but that doesn't allow you to do any e-commerce on that. But if you're just doing a blog and portfolio, paying eight to ten bucks a month, that's change, you know what I mean? That's perfect right there for you. But that's when I was we were first building the brand, we knew we needed a website, started thinking into it and I that's obviously an expense I don't want to take on but for some makers out there they're probably doing enough business to where they can justify that expense but so for 150 bucks give or take a month they do all the hosting Um, you would allow be allowed to edit still on it yourself but they threw in like little fun features I guess you'd call them so if it's winter time they have like snowfall on your website and if it's fall like little leaves to make it more interactive and fun and eye-catching and then i think they did your mailers too like if you wanted to do like a we're running 10 percent off this month type thing they would host all that for you too if you gave them what kind, what you wanted them to put in there they'd do all that but i don't want to run my business through e-commerce so that really wasn't worth it for me
0: well even wanting to do e-commerce i don't personally i don't see the thing that would be time-saving
1: right and for 20 minutes you can develop your own mailer promotion through MailChimp or whatever and get that out there
0: by the time you tell them what you want, it's going to take you 20 minutes to convey that information. Yeah.
1: So I'm just saying as an option for other people to ballpark range for someone else to do your work. Maybe you're you not tech savvy at all and you can't do that. You know, maybe that 150 bucks is worth that for you because you're never going to get to the point where you feel comfortable doing all that stuff yourself.
0: And you can have somebody build the framework on whatever platform you want as well. and pay them just to build the framework and explain to you how to launch it and host it and whatever, and then actually hand it off to you and then they check out of it and they're done. So it could be like a one-time expense as well and then you just host it through whoever. Right. But based on who you host it through is going to also have some effect on your website performance because some hosts are kind of slow and page time loading is slow. Some hosts are pretty fast, and then some hosts come with features that are free. Some hosts make you pay for extra features. You just have to do your own homework, I'd say.
1: I think that's what you said you're doing with Shopify too, correct? You have to pay extra for certain things.
0: So not yet. They have add-ons that you can put up, like they have a drag and drop page builder that is free for up to three pages, and then you have to pay for it for any more than three pages. So I have two, so it's still free. <laughs> but Shopify had a lot of add-ons that you can put in to have like drop-down options or have people upload an image when they buy something and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. From that perspective, it's it's pretty good. The buying and stuff on there seems to have been pretty streamlined. I've had two people order from it. Mm-hmm. So it seems to be working pretty well. Granted, it has a hiccup at the moment, but that's getting fixed.
1: That's very like you to have some sort of issue. I know,
0: right? Well, it's because the options weren't appearing before people were able to add stuff to the cart. Oh, uh uh-huh. Like they were required options, but if the options didn't appear fast enough, people could add the item to the cart and never pick the options or never upload the image. And I had them fix it so that the cart wouldn't appear or the add to cart button wouldn't be available till the options appeared. But when they did that, they disabled the add to cart button for products that didn't use their app at all.
1: Oh, uh-huh.
0: So there's certain things on my website you can't even ever add to the cart. Like you guys need to fix it.
1: <laughs> They're preventing you from making your millions?
0: Yeah. billions. Come on. (laughs) That's one thing that I I would say is important too is your support because WordPress has virtually none unless your host has support of some kind. Shopify has a chat support. Squarespace has a chat support. I don't know about GoDaddy. I haven't
1: had to use it, so I don't know. I'm sure they have all of that, but because it's so basic, I haven't run into any issues where I need assistance doing it.
0: Gotcha. I mean. The Shopify chat support has been pretty good, and I've used it at all times of the day, and somebody has been there.
1: Well, Squarespace, we had the issue with them as a server, but there was nobody, we didn't get the chance to contact because we already had the memo that the site was down and it would be a backup eventually.
0: So that's the good part, right? If you go with one of these builders, they have their own support team. So if something happens to the servers or something happens to your website, you just chat with them and they'll fix it for you. Because it's part of what you're paying for. With WordPress, I don't think you really get that support. You kind of have to know how to fix it or who to talk to, with the host or whatever. Because basically, your host is the company with all the servers that are keeping your website up. So your who you host with is going to drive how well your website performs. So on to tips that we have. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what tips you have, but... I had a whole list, of course.
1: This is the difference between Trevor and I right here. He sends me a Google Drive invitation the other day for a list of topics for the website call. Four days later, we're ready to host the website web call. And he says, have you even looked at the email? Absolutely not. Today, we're getting ready to talk. And he says, do you have your list pulled up? Nope, already deleted that email. This is just, he and I are complete opposites, which is hilarious. He, we're chatting before this. I talk about a product and then all of a sudden I can see him typing on his keyboard. I'm like, you're Googling the product now, aren't you? He said, of course. He is so organized and I'm so fly by the seat of my pants. It is ridiculous.
0: I wouldn't say I'm so organized because if you saw my house right now, it is not organized. But I try to keep my brain organized.
1: It's hilarious. Everything is a list or input inputted date on your calendar or whatever. And I don't write anything down.
0: Well. If we were exactly the same, there'd be an issue.
1: No one would want to listen to two of you.
0: You never know. (laughs) No, they wouldn't.
1: You know everyone's (laughs) listening and agreeing right now.
0: Probably. (laughs) I wouldn't want to listen to two of me.
1: No one would want to listen to two of me because there'd be so much chair movement in the background because I can't sit still.
0: Yeah, you're a little too antsy.
1: Sorry, Brent. You have a lot of editing of my chair sounds.
0: No, he's going to leave everything.
1: Probably. Sorry for everyone who's
0: listening. For the tips. So my tip number one, which I didn't do when I did this is have all of your pictures that you plan to put on your website ready, edited, and all together before you ever start your trial. Because the more information and content you have ready, the faster it's going to be to actually build your website, which I think is how these website builders are all set up with like the 30-day trial. They're assuming you have everything ready to go as far as the content goes. Right. So once you have it all there, a lot of the website builders, you can upload all your photos at once. And then when you go to build things in, you just grab the picture you need from their server and stick it into your content. So that was one of the biggest things I learned as I did it, which when I did the Shopify one, I did do that. But when I did the WordPress, I had no idea that that would have saved me so much time.
1: Yeah, it's easy to start to just grab your photos from your phone or whatever and put it in a mm-hmm. little folder for your work related stuff. Don't get lazy. Don't stop doing it. It makes it so much easier, especially if you're running into someone in public and they want to see what you do and you can just pull it up real quick and have them flip through the folder. Well,
0: that's the other thing. I try to keep my phone like relatively low on what's on there because I try to record video on it and if I have too much, it'll stop recording. So if I have The website there too that acts as my portfolio when I meet people in person Mm -hmm. and then plan out your design ahead of time which you probably didn't do but (laughs) (laughs) but I would say that writing out
1: what a nerd burn
0: well yeah I gotta I gotta use them when I can the website navigation and stuff I didn't do this the first time but if you draw out kind of what you want your main menu to look like as far as what you wanted to read and then what drop downs you'd have. That'll help you not only uh, pick a template, but it'll help you start to figure out what pages you need or what content collections you need or whatever. It just streamlines the building infrastructure. At least it did for me when I did the Shopify one. So it probably decreased the time I spent on that by, I don't know, a few days. But overall, I think having a clear vision of what you want it to look like is a must.
1: And a lot of these um, hosts have pre-formatted pages so you can look through them and decide on a template of what you want your website to look at. And you can search through arts and living or woodworking and kind of see a similar page to yours to figure out which template you want to go with as well. And that's a quick, easy, free search. You don't have to pay for the month. To be able to look for those
0: yeah when i did the shopify one i'd say when when i had the pictures ready up front and they were all edited and i had all of the links kind of laid out of what i wanted it to look like and i knew what products i wanted to have it was much faster to build because i built the shopify one in 14 days and that included like everything from the ground up it included the whole theme it included building the pages and building the products, doing the product descriptions. And the first product you build is a pain, but then you can duplicate it and make another one within a minute. Now, this is the e-commerce side. When it came to like the regular website stuff, unless you're doing a blog, you basically build it and forget it.
1: Right. What's the benefit of having a Shopify versus
0: an Etsy since you have done both? So they both have for
1: for people that are listening.
0: Yeah, which was a popular question, right? There's good and bad to both. So first and foremost, everybody knows to go to Etsy if they want something handmade. I mean, I would say that Etsy's the Amazon of the handmade world, mm-hmm. which is good because people pretty much instantly think of going there. Now, if you are trying to sell on Etsy, you have to pay a fee to list an item. So every product you make has a listing fee. So if you have 50 products, you have the listing fee times 50. If you sell an item, so say you have five of a certain item and you sell all five, once you sell a piece on Etsy, it charges you another listing fee for item number two, and if you sell all five, it's going to charge you that listing fee five times. So if you sold a hundred of one product in a month, it's going to charge you that listing fee a hundred times. Plus it's going to charge you the commission fee, which I th- some, I think it was Chris, maybe that said it's now like 5% almost. Jeez. You're not only paying the listing fee, but then you're paying that commission fee, which is like another 5%. And then that happens every month. So every month the listing fees expire or the listings expire because they're 30 days and then you have to renew them all so at the beginning of the month you get hit with a new listing charge for every single item you have in your shop so if you have if you're one of these people that has like 500 items you're getting dinged on that listing fee 500 times every month and the listing fee is like at least 30 cents so it can add up quickly and that's not even including whatever you sold because once you sold you list it again so it's it's good if you're getting started and you're trying to dip your toes in the water and all that. But another thing is once you type something into Etsy, if somebody goes into your product, it'll show related products underneath. And most of those are not from you. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to get people to you to a point, And it's also easy for them to leave. And now if you're on your website and they search for something, it's only going to search on your website if you have a search box. Right. And if you have related products, it's only going to show related products from your stuff. So once people are on your website, it's only going to show your stuff. Now, the downside to having your website versus Etsy is people don't know to go to your website. They know to go to Etsy. So that's where marketing yourself and getting your name out there is going to play a big part in that. But overall fee wise, because Shopify and Squarespace and all these, they still charge like a credit card processing fee plus your like monthly hosting fee. But just in the first month, I think I'm paying less on Shopify for my hosting and credit card fees than I paid on Etsy in the last month just to have listings that never sold.
1: Yeah. And then if you're worried about figuring out taxes or anything that shopify does that for you just like etsy would but you're not going to pay the same high marked percentage that etsy is going to charge you if you have shopify for credit cards and everything i think it's probably like what 3% through shopify yeah for the credit card transaction
0: shopify has like its own gateway for credit cards which are like somewhere between 2 and 3% if somebody uses like a different service so say you allow them to use like a different credit card processor or some other service to pay that isn't within their gateway it charges you another fee on top of that because that that gateway wants their cut too got it
1: but you could block that right you don't have to allow that on your website you don't have
0: to allow it no okay i think i just have the shopify gateway makes sense
1: that's the same if you're going to create an invoice through using a square, it's 3% interest. So yeah. it's just up to you how you want to run your business. If you want to have someone message you through your Instagram and you create an invoice through square, or if you want to just send them to your website,
0: it's going to be the same fees. So that's basically why I built the website. Cause I was tired of trying to have to create an invoice for everything that was simple. Like doing a mug, I'd spend, you know, a few minutes creating the invoice. Whereas I can just send them a link and say they're right here.
1: And then it helps keep you more organized for tax time and everything.
0: Yeah, that's another thing. Like it kind of organizes all your sales and reports your revenue and you don't have to do as much like legwork when it comes to that. One thing that every website needs to have though is the SSL security. So this is how you get the websites that have the HTTPS in the URL. And this basically just legitimizes your website when it comes to like the website blockers and things that that block fishy websites. So it shows that your website has the security and it should be a trusted website. So not every website has this. I've even seen company websites that don't have security, which is weird.
1: Yeah, it makes me not want to put my credit card on there because who knows what's going to happen.
0: Correct. So even when I was building mine, mine even said, the Shopify side, said, you don't have SSL security, you need to take care of this. The WordPress one didn't care, right? but the Shopify one was like, you need to take care of that. This is how you do it. Mm -hmm. And it walked me through it. Make sure you have that if you don't. And I mean, overall, go with one. I'd say try it for a year once you decide on the one you want to go with and see how it goes, see what you like or don't like, and then review your decision after a year. Right.
1: And social media won't be around forever. Correct. But your website can be because the internet in general is not going anywhere
0: correct that's the biggest reason why people say have a website is YouTube and Instagram and Facebook could disappear tomorrow
1: Well, look at all these Instagram articles now that all they're gonna do is push content creators and large accounts and you're gonna have more ads popping up intentionally in your feeds of large influencer accounts so keep that in mind if you're trying to grow organically it's going to be a rougher market than it already is now on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Well, and now that I have a website, I can actually start handing out business cards to people that have the website on it so Mm -hmm. people know that they can go there. And the last thing that I learned recently is to claim ownership of your site with Google Analytics. So if you type in Google Analytics and you go there, Mm mm-hmm, It'll kind of walk you through claiming or whatever ownership of your website. And it'll ver- you'll verify ownership is what it says, I think. And you'll add like a DNS record to your domain server. So if you get your domain through GoDaddy, you would add it there. If you get it through NameSilo, you would do it there. And what it does is it will connect with your website and it'll pull all the data from your website. So it'll it'll start to track your visitors. It'll start to track where they come from, whether it's Instagram or organically or Facebook or whatever. It'll track what time of day is most popular. It'll track what pages are most popular. It'll even track like what part of your page is popular.
1: GoDaddy has something like that built into it, but I haven't looked at it through Google to compare them.
0: Yeah, so Shopify does too, but I the Google one had way more data than oh, I'm sure. the Shopify one did.
1: I got to check that out. I'm curious now. Because
0: it even told me like, what countries people were coming from.
1: Hmm.
0: I'd have to log in and see everything, but it had a lot. It even tells you like your sales and your revenue and basically what each page on your website is worth. So if you're doing content ads with businesses, it's basically telling you your page is worth X amount of money. So this is a good starting point if you want to put an ad on it. But I didn't know about that till. A couple months ago,
1: I'll have to check that out. And then I know with GoDaddy, you can do your SEO through there. I haven't had much success setting mine up, and I think you're having issues with setting up SEO for yours as well. So if someone wants to message us and teach us about SEO, if you know anything about it, you might even jump on an episode of a podcast to teach your ways to everyone.
0: Well, that's a good point, too, because SEO is huge somewhat built into some of these builders like there is some base seo Mm -hmm. that kind of tries to do it for you to a point wordpress didn't really have that it's like a separate plugin you have to add and figure out but seo is how you get ranked on google it's how you start to become popular it's basically what is keeping your website functioning well
1: so for everyone that doesn't know what we're talking about it's search engine optimization so when you type in you know custom signs like trevor wants to be the one to pop up
0: yeah which i need help with that (laughs) or laser engraving las vegas i need to be able to pop up for that
1: yeah so if anyone wants to reach out (laughs) yeah customize yetis so if anyone has any success with
0: seo reach out to us we'd love to have a chat post that to the page and see if anybody responds about knowing seo okay
1: see this is what i told you harassing me about doing stuff for the podcast
0: yeah (laughs) I'm not going to deny it. We all do stuff for the podcast. So you just happen to run the Instagram now. You're welcome.
1: I know. It's busy. It's a busy job.
0: But I think that kind of encompasses what I've learned about websites. Now, I'm no expert. This is just stuff I've learned as I've been through it. There are website building experts out there.
1: Yeah. I think we know enough for the amount of business we're going to run through our sites,
0: though. Yeah. But I would not say that I could build a site for somebody else.
1: Right. That's a whole different monster.
0: Like could I set it up? Yeah. Could I make it so it shows up in Google with SEO and all that stuff? No. Right. Like, cuz I don't even know how to do that for mine. <laughs> so, SEO. I we need a class. So somebody can teach it to us.
1: Hey, maybe I'll be able to teach it when I come back from awfs cuz that's the class I'm taking is the digital marketing one
0: take notes for me because <laughs> I that's on a day I won't be able to go
1: yeah well Amanda and I are both taking that one yeah. so hopefully we'll do an episode when we get back from that about
0: what we learned well if you're going to AWF us let us know
1: it's in Vegas guys Vegas in July I mean it's gonna be perfect weather
0: oh yeah bring water
1: but tickets are 30 bucks to go to the show that's 30 bucks for four days of the exhibition hall and then you there's options of seminars that you can sign up there's a couple free ones every day and then there's some paid for ones you can
0: take too and if you go to the awfs website they have like a banner right now that's scrolling if you let it scroll through the past couple weeks there's been a discount code to get free entry to the exhibition hall so you that waives that 30 dollar yeah fee.
1: i got my tickets in for free which made me pay for more seminars so I'm excited to do that because they add up at 75 bucks a piece. Oh yeah. Times two people. So we're going to all hit some that Amanda's not hitting. And that way we can get the most out of the show.
0: And for those of you who don't know what AWF is, FS is, it's the woodworking show that comes to Vegas every two years. I don't, does it alternate years and go somewhere else? I'm not Sure. So basically, it's all of the woodworking companies and tool suppliers and stuff like saw stops there, Festool's there, Felders there, hammers there, Epilog's there, mm-hmm. and cling. I think Klingspor is going to be there.
1: Clingspor is going to be there.
0: There's a whole bunch. There's a list of like three hundred companies or some ridiculous number.
1: Couple different CNC companies will be there. There's CNC classes that will be available.
0: Yeah. So it's a. Pr- it needs four days because. It's probably going to take you four days to see everything,
1: and Saturday's only half day, so yeah, keep that in mind. if so you're I'm planning try on going?
0: To go Friday and Saturday. So if if people are going, let us know because we some of us will be there anyway. Mm-hmm. And as far as podcast stuff goes, we have stuff on our website. If you want to support us, do you want to run through that, Martina?
1: Yeah, there's either the option to buy swag packs. There's two different price to point swag packs depending on what you want slash what you can afford. There's a donate button if you want to donate to help us keep running. We're going to still keep running even if you do not donate, but that just helps pay for the website renewal for the Zoom web calls that we host and being able to publish the website. And then follow us on Maker Vision Podcast. Instagram and Maker Vision Tribe on Facebook is a closed group. <laughs> I don't know why that one won't stick, but that's a closed group. So there's some chit chat that goes on in there for Facebook when people have specific questions, like how to sell at craft shows, what you like to put up at craft shows, just different topics like that. So easier way to interact with one another in a group setting versus seeking one person out in a DM.
0: Yeah, that kind of wraps it up. for the first episode of version (laughs) 3.0 all
1: right till next time
0: yep see you next time